You are listening to the Gear 30 Podcast, a community, you could even call it a support group, for people addicted to outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. There is no shame here. In spite of what your spouse or partner may say, we believe it's okay to own five tents, seven backpacks, and 18 jackets. Our slogan, inspired by the great explorer Sir Ranolf Fiennes, is, there is no such thing as bad weather, only inappropriate gear. So if you're an aspiring outdoor adventurer, a mountain guide, or anyone in between, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Gear 30 Podcast, where we talk about outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. And we're back uh, today in Banyan 1. We're back. We're back. Um, yes, he's back. For those... Back again. <laughs> for those that uh, back. <laughs> that are new to this podcast, we uh, we have a daily podcast, but we just happen to record a, a few episodes at once each week, so... Because we're not crazy. No. <clears throat> no. We have a life. Um kind of yeah so they think <clears throat> you so we're back at, at banyan one and over the weekend brandon yeah. uh you were at the wasatch powder keg emceeing the event i came in first you did come in yeah. first yeah no i didn't race i did emcee the event uh for the long time in a row yeah <laughs> when did we first go six seven years ago yeah seven years ago i think i probably. keep getting invited back and i got invited back to emcee the Utah Avalanche Center summer party or whatever. It's in like August or whenever they do their like returning the kickoff. Yeah, the kickoff. September. The one maybe. At, at BD. The one at Black Diamond in okay. Salt Lake. Yeah. Cool. Pre booked that one. So we'll get you pre booking events. Pre booking events. Yeah. I'm feeling oh. pretty good about myself right now. Do you want to MC my wedding if I ever get married? I really do. Will you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know I might be really old <laughs> when that happens. Hey. But, <laughs> Uh, but I'm totally down because uh, here comes Chase walking down the aisle. <laughs> Don't trip. <laughs> so the Powder Keg is a ski mountaineering race uh, based out of Brighton. Um, oh, I had actually detailed notes that they emailed me at one point that I could probably pull up and have even better information on. Um, here, Powder Keg. Let's see here. Might need to trim this. How often do you trim these things? What's that? Never. He's like, never. Yeah. Um, so the history. Just a few years after the Mormon pioneers arrived in Salt Lake City, they explored Big Cottonwood Canyon and found thick forests and rapid streams that made it ideal for sawmills. And by 1858, three mills buzzed and they produced more than a million board feet of lumber to construct Salt Lake homes, buildings, and to shore up three miles that produce gold, silver, and lead. Wow. And yeah. This is a million it. feet. Yeah. That's a lot of feet. And the Brightons, the first family of Brighton was William Stewart Brighton, his wife, Catherine, and their children, Dan and Will, who immigrated from Scotland, did you know that, to Salt Lake City and homesteaded an 80-acre plot at Brighton. 80 acres up there. Oh, man. I bet they were loaded. Uh <laughs> Meanwhile, mining booms in Park City and out there resulted in frequent travelers between the two towns and Brighton laid in between them. And you can do that in the summertime. The short, well, I guess you could do it in the winter if you're hardcore. The shortest route was a one day trip over the ridge 
Thompson through Brighton. Otherwise, it took about three days to go from Park City in the canyon to Salt Lake um, and then up and over the canyon to Alta. Catherine was a great cook, and soon travelers discovered that Brighton was a great place to get a meal for Catherine. And you recognize the, the name Catherine because there's, the, there's names up there. Yeah, Catherine. <coughs> yeah, one of the lifts is Always Catherine's. had a supply of mutton beef and fresh trout that she had caught herself, as well as butter, buttermilk, and biscuits on hand. The Brighton soon opened a large store and later built and operated the Brighton Hotel. And then skiing comes along. Skiing has been a popular summer destination since the 1850s when Salt Lake residents, have you been skiing that long? 1850s since Salt Lake residents came to get out of the city heat and enjoy so it's always been hot here in the summers enjoy refreshing outdoor activities and they cruised up there um, 40 years later in the 1920s the Wasatch Mountain Club began skiing at Brighton because of its sumptuous snow <laughs> but there were no lifts in those days instead groups would travel to Park City climb up over the ridge tops just as early travelers had done and ski down into Brighton where they would spend a few days skiing, eating, drinking, dancing, playing bridge, and getting very little sleep, according to the accounts. And then routes from Park City to Brighton became so popular that the club marked them with signposts displaying the club's insignia. In the early years, the lifts were privately owned. In 1936, the Wasatch Mountain Club built the first rope tow at Brighton. The Alpine Ski Club built a J-Bar but it was a complicated contraption that didn't work very well. And in 1938, K. Smith, an avid skier with the Wasatch Mountain Club, built a 1,440-foot long T-bar, T-lift, that was very successful. And then Smith went to uh, Sun Valley, learned about the new fangled invention called chairlifts. <laughs> yeah, so milestones. Uh, wow. In 1958, Mary Double Chairlift was added to the maj Majestic side. Excuse me, 1963... Most competing companies are merged into Mount Majestic, Inc., owned by Doyle and Jensen. So this is like a lot of history up there in Brighton. I did not know that Brighton was the first resort. Crazy. Um, yeah. 2008, the new Millie Chalet was built, and in, that's where the race is based out of, is Millie the Millie Chalet. Okay. Don't bring outside beverages on the porch and patio. That's all I was told to announce basically the entire time. <laughs> No outside bevies on the porch or inside Millie Chalet. They are militant about that at this point. Um, yeah, so that's where the race is based out of. Powder Keg, this was the, I believe it was the 18th year of the race. Um, it is the only ski mountaineering race in the United States to ever be on a World Cup circuit. It is the largest ski mountaineering race in the United States, and it is the second oldest ski mountaineering race in the United States. So what is Schemo? You can explain Schemo because you you're actually an amateur Schemo racer at one point. I, at one, Did you have the point. spandex? No. Nope. Well, so you weren't you weren't even quite. There. Uh, no, I wasn't. Yeah. No. Um, well, I mean, I did have the spandex, but I didn't. You didn't uh, don I, them. I didn't wear it. No, I just oh. I that was only for inside when no one was looking. <laughs> Lycra. Um, Lycra is a privilege. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, I never had the physique. Not well, not since before I was married. I was racing uh, bikes. All right. So ski mountaineering racing, schemo racing, is essentially backcountry skiing and ski mountaineering as fast as you possibly can. So you've got tiny skis, really lightweight boots. Um, the racer, the top racers, are wearing like full carbon boots. Um, 
ultra ultra light skis minimalist bindings and they're skinning up the mountain hiking booting climbing uh, um, up the mountain as fast as they can and there was a there was a skiing. boot on this one for sure yeah 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 you had to boot down actually oh really yeah so usually not de ski down depending on the race but usually they'll have some mandatory booters and usually particularly on the team race they'll have um, some fixed rope sections on real kind of difficult terrain where you have to have via Ferrata equipment to stay hooked into those fixed lines. Um, <clears throat> did they do a team race this year? I don't think they did. So they did two days of races, Saturday and Sunday, but I think Sunday was like a speed race or something. I'm not sure. Short yeah, because usually they do like a vertical, vertical race, yeah. <clears throat> which is uh, just a, sh a real short course, but just full speed as fast and as I've, you can. I've, they don't ever race. use an MC on that one. They just use them on Saturday, myself on Saturday for the full. Yeah. Full meal deal. Because, yeah, usually they did, at least in years past, when, Verticals I, on Friday. when I participated, yeah, they did the vertical on Friday, usually the individual on Saturday, and a team race on Sunday. And the t it was a team technical race. Yeah. Yeah. Sunday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's usually, that's a big course, and that's more technical, so you usually technical, have to have, like you have a harness, via Ferrata equipment, yeah. um, some of that type of stuff. That, that's a pretty cool race. I've never participated, but um, I think it's... They have to pass... Uh, Competency test. Competency test. Yeah, and so they'll they should like they have, you have to um, pass your um, carabiner through a knot and show how you know how to do it and everything and yeah tie your tie your stuff before they'll let you yeah anyway for that's but I don't think they they did it this year so this year though the uh, the race changed hands um, the previous um, race directors are, are not going to be moving. No, they're not doing it anymore. So is this um, the first year that first year. they didn't do it? Yeah, they were there. They were handing it off. Um, going back to the origins of Ski Mountaineering, though, started by whom? Schema Racing? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure it was European somebody. Ski You'll recognize Monty? the name. I recognize the name, but I'm like, oh, how do I know? Andrew McLean and Butch Adams. Oh, Butch Adams. you mean the powder keg? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Sorry. yeah I knew... I knew Andrew I McLean was, was part of Butch that. Adams. Race was originally put on as the Lifelink race series that got Schemo Racing started in the U.S. So. Sweet. What, uh, speaking of, <laughs> this is kind of interesting. Anybody know what Andrew McLean is up to these days? No. The shooting gallery, though, is his fame, right? Yeah, he wrote the that book. book. He's He's been kind of one of the top ski mountaineers um, all over but he was caught um, back in 2018. He and his wife were caught, and they went to jail. Uh, <laughs> that's not good. Because they were they were caught stealing and sabotaging. Oh, that's him. Yes, I saw that. Like the hunters. That was him. Trail cams oh and God. other things. That, what do you not remember to that? Do. What the hell was he doing? <laughs> that? I know. Oh just like God. he's he got, got a little heady there. Yeah, I got okay. a little. Got a little passionate about his environmentalism. Yeah, I which I mean, which that can happen in our industry because there's a little bit of and then got caught. It's like, just don't get caught. <laughs> so the did you know this? The race originally started at Alta and finished at Brighton, but they had to go away from that because the organizers couldn't drive fast enough from Alta to Brighton before the first racers came in. Huh. Wow. Interesting. Which is kind of cool. Um, okay, so there's. Boy, remember to use this other keyboard because my okay so this is the 18th year of the race this saturday was individual sunday was the vertical 
Um, they started at 8 a.m. So these were the individual divisions. The Vikings were 13 years old and under, and Young is nine by himself out on the course, crushing it. Um, cadets were 14 to 17, and uh, juniors 18 to 21. Recreation short course for all ages over 21, and then a rec split board course, a uh, split board long course for all ages, and a heavy metal course, which you got to be on certain amount of gear. There was a heavy person, not a heavy person, a heavy gear person, like frame bindings out there. So what, yeah. what would constitute heavy metal? Would my setup be a heavy metal setup? It would. Okay. Yeah, so, I do it in heavy metal. Yeah, because so, schemo is like. Well, schemo is super light. Right. So, heavy metal back in the day, back when I was racing, I don't know that there was like a weight cut off, but there is now. I think it's anything heavier than 1,450 grams, oh, which, that easy. which includes skis, bindings, and boots, I think, for 1,450, which I was on pretty light gear back in the day, and I'm pretty sure I was heavier than that. Yeah. Like, I think okay. that my. Um, my skis back in the day were 1100 grams by themselves i think skis and bindings i was at 1400 grams so um but yeah i think anything heavier than that is now considered heavy metal which back when i was racing it was like most of the heavy metal people were like 3000 grams per foot probably so or more so yeah it's so the long course which the elite um heavy metal split board and the junior men, 18 to 21, as well as the masters, they all did the same long course, 6,200 vertical feet and over 10 miles. Um, and then the shorter course, which is the recreation and the rec split board and the junior 18 to 21 women and the cadets, which are the 15 to 17 year olds, did the short course, which was 3,900 vertical feet, six and a half miles. And the Viking course for 18 years and under, 2,400 vertical feet over five miles. Dang, those are all pretty impressive pitches. Yeah. And uh, the Brackelsburg, so uh, Chad and Emily Brackelsburg, they organized the race for 12 years. They handed the reins off to a new group of race organizers, Sarah Cookler and Holly Carlson, um, with the support of Dave Carlson and Chris and Alyssa Erickson. And they, it was a fantastically organized race. Yeah. Uh, uh, Chad and Emily were there and I mean, the new organizers are very nice. It's hard to out nice Chad and Emily. <laughs> yeah, it is like, yeah, they're, I mean, they're about as pretty much don't, good as they but come. yeah, uh, were fantastic. But the new race organizers were, um, you, you could see that they were, they were excited and injected some new energy and, I went in and one of the first things I noticed was that uh, they had rearranged the tables and put up papers so that when you checked in, it was much easier to find your bib and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, change is good. Like this was, you know, every year they get a little better and they think they do new things and this one was a little better. The race was fantastic. It was supposed to be a nice, beautiful, sunny day. It wasn't. Uh, right before... Right before the race kicked off, it was like a squall came in and started snowing, and the snow wasn't supposed to come until Sunday, but uh, which it did come on Sunday a little bit. Um, so it was overcast and sort of cold and crusty and kind of gross. Course hard, hard course. Yeah. Um, but the the racers, they just you got to see it to appreciate these kinds of races because 
the pe- the competitors. I mean, the girls came in first, and the the young, the youth girls beat the youth boys, which was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then the there was a heavy metal on frame bindings. who did the whole course, the recreation course, which was amazing. There was a kid who was like thirteen or fourteen who should have raced his kid division, but decided to do like the split board short course instead because hmm. he was on a split and he's part of the junior national. There's like a local team that's a schemo team and he's on right. it, but he splits the silver fork something or other. And they're or whatever. they're all in cool branded onesies. Oh, really? Yes. So you could spot them easy because you know how Cool's logo has a little blue in it? Right. It's that blue. They're all blue. Blue tights, Lycra's or whatever. Nice. And they, that's what the kids were wearing. And those are, they're my favorite because they they have so much energy. They do the course and then they're done waiting for like whatever. And, and they're, they're hucking or... snowballs at each other and <laughs> right. climbing the snow hills, like running back up and slam, like <laughs> one of the parents was looking at me like this really like re- they <laughs> you would have no idea that they did over 2000 feet of bird in 5 miles this morning like just a few minutes ago right like, that's crazy yeah some of the big sponsors this year black diamond was the presenting sponsor um they have a new oh they partnered with cardiff on a new splitboard and they had that they were showing that off as well as something else they were showing i can't quite remember um let's see if i can find the notes on that uh, let's see, Black Diamond. What were they showing up? And then Scarpa was another big uh, was there sponsor. Ultralight Avi Pack. No. Okay. Good guess. Good guess. Um, what was? Let's see. I had notes. Oh, sponsors. Oh no, nope. They had. They didn't email me the sponsored notes. I got those when I was up there. They printed them out and gave them to me up there. Um, yeah, I can't remember what they were showing off because Scarpa has a new boot and Scarpa had the new boot there for fall 2020, but Black Diamond had a ski or something that was, that they okay. were showing off for, but it's available now. You can buy it. Nick, yeah. You know, like last, last year. Or something. Yeah. Something, something, something like that. Um, cool is another big sponsor. Um, schemo.co of course is a big sponsor. They've got some great sponsors there. I, I always, they pay me in, in a piece of cool apparel, which, the, which is one of the reasons, weird, you know, but as soon as you get that product and you start wearing it, you're like, oh, I really like this. But I wouldn't have bought cool. Yeah. It was aged up a little bit for me, and and I'm the age of cool, but I was trying to stay younger. And now that I own it and wear it, I want more cool. Yeah. Like, I love it. And they're sponsoring the kids. Yeah. So they're trying to age down a little, probably in their in their demo. But it's great stuff. You're you're wearing the Spyfire today. Yeah. I'd Spitfire, whatever that thing's called. Spyfire. There you go. I had it mixed. Yeah, I love it. It's, I mean, it's a nice jacket. Spyfire. It's a great lifestyle piece. I wouldn't wear it as like a technical piece. I mean, it definitely could be worn as a technical it could. piece. Yeah. But the thing that's cool, <coughs> the thing that's cool about cool, is that um, even though they make technical gear. It always still has a cool lifestyle style, style to yeah. it, mm-hmm. um, so you can totally wear it around town and look stylish. But it's it's useful on the mountain. I mean, it's I mean the Spice Fire. It could be a good backpacking jacket. It's a mm-hmm. lightweight down jacket. It's a good quality nylon. It's good quality down. Um, so 
I like the cool stuff as well. I've, I'm wearing cool pants. These pants are, are the Ryder pants, which are kind mm, of a heavy-duty cotton canvas pant. They're, um, that's a pant that I wouldn't necessarily wear in the mountains. I'd, I'd wear it camping, like car camping. I wouldn't wear it backpacking because it's a cotton pant. Um, but it's a heavy-duty pant, and yet it's still quite comfortable because of the articulation and the design of it. So, yeah, That's a good I, seller. I like, I like cool stuff, too, and I'm, I'm not that old. No, I'm uh, not even in the demographic for cool, but I I do like their stuff. Same, I'm not in the demographic at all, but I love it. You're, and you're, you're bringing it, the age down. Mm-hmm. Speaking speaking of that, the on Christmas we all, as part of our Christmas, we all kind of got some nice new shirts and different clothing and stuff like that. And my father-in-law got a new cool shirt, and I got a few shirts, the dress shirts for church and other things, and. Um, so as I was trying them on to see if they fit, none of them really fit quite right. And my father-in-law was like, Hey, try this cool shirt on just to, to see and put it on. And my wife was like drooling, which she doesn't do usually when she looks at me. And so, and so she was like, Oh honey, I really like that shirt. That looks really good on you. And I've got a lot of you're classing up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I guess yeah, so. I've yeah. got a lot of nice yeah, shirts from outdoor brands and yeah. stuff, but that cool shirt cool in particular um, stood out. To I wore the new sweater yesterday, well. and Chase said it's the best I've ever, I've looked in a long time. <laughs> yeah. So putting well. words right in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the race kicked off at 8 a.m. in the morning, so I was there at six uh, to set up because I got to start making announcements about a quarter to seven to tell people like what's going on. Um, it was about 20 degrees warmer than last year because setting up last year, I pulled into the parking lot at six ish and it was zero red, zero degrees. And this year it was like high, high teens, low twenties. That's much better. It was like 40 at the bottom of the Canyon. And then it just, as you go up that Canyon, it drops, drop, yeah. drop, 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 and get to the top. Um, race started at eight o'clock and like eight, eight oh five, eight ten. Um, you know, 11, noon, one o'clock, there's still people out on the course. So wow. it's, that's, you know, however people, the elites finished, what was it? Two hours. I think we were looking at some of the finish times. Um, the fastest gal who was in the junior division, it's a very much shorter course was just over an hour. And then you got finish times like, let's see, this was a two twelve. It's hard to look at these two ten. Patrick parcel out of Lake Tahoe. Finished in 210. I can't tell which division they were in, though. So about two hours for some of the, just over two hours for some of the faster people, but a lot of people in the uh, three-hour range. Three hours and 55 minutes, and then and then one, two, three, four, five. Would you say that's a three-hour tour? Six. It's a, definitely a definitely a three-hour tour. <laughs> a lot of it, it's just four hours uh, for a lot of these guys. Tour. Yeah. yeah, so it... It's a long day in the mountains, uh, ski ski mountaineering, but it's a great event. Come up next year and hang out with me at the finish line if you don't want to race it. I need a friend there. I just hang out by myself in the cold all day. Um, actually, what I need is help reading the bib numbers because there's not enough volunteers, right? So the it's hard to see the bibs, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to like see the bib, and then i got to find the number and read their name. I get about half of them. I, yeah. I don't get everybody. <laughs> yeah. So were there, how many participants were there this year, would you guess? I mean, a ton? Well, there's, um, we can go back to the all here on this. We'll go down, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. 
And there's 135 plus 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, who either didn't start or didn't finish. Uh -huh. So 145 registered uh, racers. Nice. Which, that's a good chunk. Yeah, that's a good chunk. That's a lot of people out there working hard, exercising. I just, I remember I started doing the Schemo races. They they do a Citizen Series um Tuesday night races up at Brighton. I started doing those and I could not believe how hard just a simple like short the goal of those races they keep them to about an hour or less and so they're short races but I was it was so exhausting I'd never toured that fast I'd never but you're trying to hike that hard I've sprint up a hill in the middle of winter right trying to sprint up a hill you get to the top and it's time to rip your skins and you're trying to rip your skins and catch your breath and you're so out of breath that you're dizzy and and you're trying to not fumble all your gear around and fall over on your neighbor who's also trying to rip their skins off and trying not to fall over on you and man i could not believe how hard it was it it was rough and so when i actually did the powder keg that was my my first real race um i just decided that i was gonna dial it back just a little for the first half and uh and not go too hard because the last thing i wanted to do was be out of breath trying to rip my skins and like fall over on my neighbor and knock him down the mountain or something um and so i took it easy the first half and then tried to pick up the pace the second half and um i it was rough but i mean i don't know it's just a hard hard yeah. sport i had done a lot of bike racing uh, road bike mountain bike racing up to that point um a little bit of competitive rock climb not rock climbing rock climbing competitions that's not quite the same as as the competitive high stuff. sponsor olympics um, <laughs> right but uh i had done a lot of like competitive uh exercise and stuff like that trail running and other things and none of that compared to schema racing as far as like overall full body exertion and uh yeah it's it's a cool sport it's fun and um i don't know that i'll ever race real competitively but i would like to participate well, you're racing in those next races. year well yeah that's true <laughs> the wasatch powder keg in the past there's been names you might recognize caroline gleick was there last year um the dory brothers have been there in the past tom goth who wins a lot none of them were there this year i don't know if something else huh. is going on or what the heck happened but it was it yeah, that vibe of those ultra competitors, they weren't there. But I it's they're pushing for this to be an Olympic sport. And so I don't know if there's some other race or something going on. Yeah. Or it just didn't fit people's schedules or what happened. But um some of those names that have consistently been at the top of the podium uh, I didn't see this last weekend. Yeah. But fun race. Uh, put it on the calendar. It's wasatchpowderkeg.com. It's the last weekend in February, I think, just about every year. So um, it was February 29th. This was leap year this year and March 1st. But um, uh, if you are, if you like to ski tour at all, don't be uh, scared that it's a ski mountaineering race because half the field, maybe even more than half the field, they're not in Lycra. They're not in the tight, the tight clothes. It's right. like you've got your handful of maybe 25, 30 of those racers are like in the the very like you said the super light gear and the one piece suits and stuff and they're hauling ass and they all had like the same brand backpack to you um 
It's like a running culture spot. No. no, it was it was one of those like trail running brands, but uh, and oh, it wasn't camp. But this one guy did have a camp bag, mm-hmm. and he was sitting at my. I was I set up like this picnic table outside the Millie Lodge there, and he's like, "What happened?" He's looking at the back of his camp bag and shredded. I said, "Did you fall on that?" He's like, "No, I don't know what happened." Like just from usage and the back panel was shredded huh. and he couldn't figure it out. But yeah, I can't remember what the brand was that they were. Most of them had that same brand pack on. Cause once one, once it works and it works for right. everybody. Yeah. But, but, uh, but most people are recreational ski tours. That's what right. they do. And, and so it's a ski mo race, but most people are recreational ski touring out there right. and, and split boards. They really trying to push the split boarding. They have a short course and a long course on split boarding. It's open to everybody. Don't be ashamed to finish slow. This girl finished on frame bindings in Alpine boots and she looked like she was having the time of her freaking life out there. Like just had a ball and that's what it is. It's your, Cruising around the mountains, it's tough. Everybody says it's a hard race, but it is a fun race. Yeah. So put it on the schedule for next year. When I did the individual race, um, it really was like a like a backcountry skiing race slash party. Like everybody yeah. was having a great time, cheering each other on. I remember I was descending. I, I don't know Brighton that well, so I don't remember exactly where I was, but I was descending on the backside of Brighton. Um, and as I was skiing down, there were some other people that were ahead of me that were skinning back up and they were whistling for us as we were skiing down and turning us on and stuff. And that was fun. Um, but the individual race was never so crazy that you're on like cliff edges or anything like that. It's, it really was like a cool backcountry skiing race. Mm -hmm. The, the team technical race now gets into mountaineering a little bit more yeah and the elite course i think got a little sketchy a couple years ago and they dialed it back because it's there's parts of that mountain that are exposed and you can but um yeah so they try to stay away from that and just for safety precautions they lifelike comes up to brighton the helicopter is there until the last person is through the worst part and then they they fly off and it always blow snow all over my equipment so <laughs> that's cool I've got, yeah i've got it figured out now i got a dial i know when to i know what's going on but yeah the first couple of times i'm like ah, trying to grab my speaker from falling over and then the snow covers my computer i was like ah <laughs> <laughs> but a victory blanket to the rescue so i lay yeah. a victory blanket down and then i cover when it snows and, and stuff i cover the equipment with the victory blanket and then nice yeah. that thing is useful man yeah oh yeah yeah Okay, cool. Powder keg. Yeah, definitely worth checking out next year. And I think Chase Chase will be there. And I've, I uh, probably you've committed. I will probably commit to to participate as well. Sweet. It's it's a lot of fun, and I need something to to work toward and getting in getting in shape. Safe. So I've, well, this can be for next for the next episode. I'll. I'll You'll wrap m- this one. Make an announcement. Okay. On the next episode. Okay. So. Stay tuned. Ooh. Yeah. Stay tuned. It's called a tease. <laughs> <laughs> if I've ever heard one. And it's a big announcement. Sweet. <laughs> Just kidding. <sighs> I believe it's, that. It's not. Um, anyway, thanks for joining us today for the podcast. Um, if You're you <laughs> if you enjoyed the podcast, uh, don't forget that. to subscribe and also share with your friends. Um, you can check out gear30.com. That's spelled out G-E-A-R-T-H-I-R-T-Y.com for amazing sales on backcountry skiing gear going on now. 
Right now, everything's 25 plus percent off. Winter winter goods, 25% off online, gear30.com. Yeah. And then um, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram at gear underscore three zero, and we'll see you on the next episode. See you out there. Woo-hoo.